Series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day seven, how an investigation informs remediation. There's nothing, nothing like an internal whistleblower report about an FCPA violation, the finding of such an issue, or even worse, a subpoena from the Department of Justice to trigger the board of directors and senior man, management's attention to the compliance function and the company's compliance program. Such an event can trigger a gnashing of teeth and expressions of outrage, followed immediately by proclamations of, we are an ethical company. However, it may be well time for a very serious reality check. Do not forget that the Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs focuses on this on prong seven, where they ask, in response to investigations, what has been the process for responding to investigative findings? You may find yourself in the position that you will have to have a very frank conversation about <clears throat> what to expect in terms of cost and time delays. While much of these discussions will focus on the investigative process and these costs, the discussions will also allow you to begin to talk about the remediation process going forward and begin to explain why the money, why money must be budgeted for the remediation process. One of the things rarely considered is how the investigation triggers the remediation process and what's the relationship between the two. When issues arise warranting investigation that would rise to the board of directors level and potentially require disclosure to government, there's usually a flurry of attention and activity. Everyone wants to know what is going on. Russ Berlin, the chief compliance officer at the Matic has noted for a short time, you have everyone's full attention. Yet it can still be a tricky place because, you know, because you get your 15 minutes to really get everyone's attention. And from then on, you're fighting fires like everyone else. You need to begin to explain the cost to the board and senior management. You need to be upfront and candid and state firmly to them. This is for us to get to this place. This is what it's going to cost. Moreover, you need to be able to show 
how companies paid very large amounts, not only in the eventual fine and penalty, but also in other costs. Obviously, Walmart and their nearly $800 million in pre-investigation and remediation cost is a head-turner. This can be easier with the information that was provided in the 2016 DOJ pilot program around FCPA enforcement, as it demonstrates how much a discount a company can receive below the minimum sentencing range, minimum range of the sentencing guidelines if an appropriate mediation remediation is engaged upon. One of the most difficult parts of the investigation is often done in a way which, in which the investigators will want to maintain as tight a control over the information and attendant privileges as they can. The remediation really requires output from the investigation to understand where the risk points are and where the gaps are, both in the compliance program and internal controls, to be able to remediate those areas. There's a tension there, and it needs to be structured in a way that information can be shared with those who are designing the remediation without fear of compromising the investigation. Dan Chapman, the chief compliance officer at Vimplecom, who has gone through a full-blown FCPA investigations, also believes costs must be adequately discussed to set proper expectations. These include both direct and indirect costs, which Chapman believes can become even more important. He has noted the biggest cost to a company during an investigation is the diversion of senior management resources. The indirect cost comes through largely the time commitment of senior management. If senior management has to commit 20% of their time to the investigation and its activities, uh, this will be 20% of their time that is not going towards revenue-generating activities. You can explain the upside of the remediation in a manner that juxtaposes the cost. You can mention such things as if you have a clear policies and people know what to do, think how much easier your life would be. Instead of having to make calls and figure out what to do every single time, you have a clear policy. These same types of arguments come into play in areas generally considered to be purview of HR, such as internal controls around recruiting and, attention, and retention. Think about all this in the context of recruiting. Where are your new hires coming from? Straight out of college? Where do they get their information about the company? If the company's on the front page for engaging in bribery and corruption. Do you think millennials are going to want to work? at your company? How would you feel if everyone at the company felt good about working there? Conversely, how would new hires feel about a company where everyone's miserable about or at the very least embarrassed by what happened? How would that help with retention? Yet there are even more types of points about employees in the organization. It's important to make it personal to the highest level of the organization and trying to make it real to your audience as well. Obviously, the investigation will be critical for you to help understand what remediation your compliance program will need going forward. The issues in your system overall, the system of executive tone, the government, the compliance program, and internal controls, all at the meta level. Maybe one group was not well trained. How will you improve your training? It's axiomatic that you cannot find all the gaps in your compliance program until you stress test it. Viewed in this light, compliance failures can be viewed as a stress test. If you've had a failure and you're under investigation, you just got handed a stress test, and that is why the system broke down. Now you know there's a gap. Well, absent the investigation, as painful and as difficult as that may be, 
Now you have the gap sitting there. The investigation will raise information to you about the failures of your program that you may not previously knew existed. While there will be a desire by some folks not to give out any information about the investigation until it's completed, until there's a final report, you must resist this at all costs. If the results of the investigation are not made available to you as a CCO or as the compliance professional charged with remediating the company program, any such remediation will be extremely difficult because you're just going off suppositions and guesses. There should be a solid line of communication between the people who are doing the investigation and the people leading the remediation. Otherwise, you can only begin your remediation in the most general terms, and you will not be able to deal with specific gaps in your compliance program or risks that need to be managed. Such an approach, unfortunately, can also be a recipe for disaster. First and foremost, the DOJ will not give you credit, and you may lose the types of benefits articulated in the FCPA pilot program. In other words, when you've got the energy, lose it. Excuse me, when you've got the energy, use it, not lose it. What about the dreaded where else question in any FCPA investigation? The key is anticipating the question when it's going to come up and have an answer ready. That answer is, we are going to do a comprehensive risk assessment of the remainder of the company, i.e. the part that's not under investigation. We are not going to look under each and every leaf and each and every stone and check every tree, but we're going to do a very extensive risk assessment, and we'll be able to come back to you, the board of directors, and tell you we don't think there's a likelihood of issues in other places. However, the answer could be equally <clears throat> something along the lines of, we just found a high likelihood, and we're going to have to continue to take a deeper uh, consideration of this until we know what's happened. That's an acceptable answer. It's like saying, here's a slice of the pie. We knew or something is happening. Now the process, at, uh, here's the process to look at the rest. It's really a risk assessment going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first, a serious allegation gets the attention of the board and senior management. Use this time to move your compliance program forward. Two, be aware of how your investigation can impact and even inform your remediation efforts. And finally, how do you deal with the dreaded where else question? You have to be ready to answer this. You have to be ready to answer it to your board of directors, and you need to be ready to answer it to the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for day seven of one month to better investigations and reporting, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day eight. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only one-month podcast series to a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for one month to better investigations. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.